We're in our second week, second week of Advent, a series titled Christmas Lights. We're examining the different ways in which God's light is expressed. Last week we looked at the fact that God is the light of life. And this week we're looking at the fact that God in Jesus Christ is indeed the light of the world. Pop quiz was the very first commandment that God ever gave in the Bible. Let there be light. Let there be light. Light is a major theme in the Bible. God and light are so interconnected and so inseparable that God in the Bible says about himself, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. That verse sheds light on a verse that we're going to be examining this morning in John eight twelve, where Jesus says, and let's look at the word of God here. Jesus spoke again to the people. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. When I was a youth pastor, I took our youth uh, caving or spelunking, spelunking. We had a guide take us deep into a cave, and I probably had 20 youth or so. And we were right behind that guide, and he was the only one who had an industrial strength flashlight. Eventually, we got into, deep into the cave where there was no light at all. He told us that he was going to do a darkness activity, that he was going to shut off the flashlight for just two minutes. Before he did, he warned us not to panic. He said, try to keep quiet. And if we are going to move, move very slowly. He popped the light off. At first, there was some giggles. But then as the light left the sockets in your eyeballs, it was pretty alarming. We had a giggle here and there as one kid touched the face of a girl. But only after a minute, the kids started to request that the light be turned on. The guide said, we have one more minute. Folks, it was distressing. I had to keep them calm. After what seemed like an eternity, the guide said, okay, time is up. I'm going to turn the light on. The flashlight was pointing down and he popped it back on. Wow, folks, it was total relief. We all gave huge sighs. Ah, it was like a bomb for us. We saw each other and there was comfort. Folks, darkness can be very, very scary. We are not darkness dwellers as human beings. We need light. Everything we see is a result of light. We were created for light. We're drawn to the light. We draw vitamins, nourishment from the sunlight or S-O-N light too. As children, we were never afraid of the light, right? We were only afraid of the dark. Light is all our eyes can see. Jesus compared himself to light when he made his second I am statement in scripture. 
To understand the significance of this statement, when Jesus said, I am the light of the world, you have to understand where Jesus was and when Jesus was making this statement. According to John 8.20, he took his place in the treasury. The large court was one of the busiest parts of the temple. And this was the area where Jews would come and give their sacrifices. So it was highly populated, a lot of traffic. And because of this, this part of the temple was very important and heavily traveled. The crowds would have been huge at this time because it also took place during the Feast of Tabernacles and the Festival of Booths or the Festival of Booths. That festival drew a large crowd. It would be something like opening day in Cincinnati or Mardi Gras. It was an important festival. And during this festival, the courtyard was filled with light by four great torches that were set up. Check this out. How the courtyard is filled. These torches were higher than the temple walls. And they had ginormous candle operas, and they were all had great bowls of oils. As a matter of fact, 65 liters of oil would supply, would supply oil for that light during the night. And there was a ladder for each of these torches. And when the evening, in the evening, when the sun went down, the priest would climb up the ladder and he would refill that bowl with oil and continue to light it. These great flames would leap out from these torches. And scholars say that the entire city would be filled with light. Now at that time, the festival of the tabernacles, people made their own camp, just campground. They made their own camping shelter. And they would be able to see this light for miles. These fires, they symbolize the great pillar of fire that led the children of Israel out of the oppression of slavery and led them through the wilderness. The pillar of fire represented God's presence, God guiding his people. It was at that moment when Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. The meaning at that time when he said that would have been unmistakable. He was saying to everyone, basically, I am the light for everyone's path. I am the light that will lead you out of bondage. I am the light that will guide you. I am the light of the world. As you walk through the spiritual darkness, I will be there with you. As you walk through the wilderness, wherever you camp out, I will be there. Jesus Christ said that he had come as light to bring significance and security to anyone living in darkness. Especially the darkness of confusion or meaninglessness. He's out in front, leading with light. You know, circumstances can put us in a dark place. Maybe bad news about our our health or a horrible situation at work. Loss of friendship or, or just relationships going wrong, maybe in our marriage or with our children. Possibly addiction, and the list can go on and on and on. And we can sense, at times, darkness overtaking us. And there's nothing more disconcerting than, or frightening than sensing that you're going into complete darkness. There's something far worse to me than physical darkness, and that is to be in emotional, relational, personal, 
or spiritual darkness. I want to get personal this morning and tell you about a time when I experienced this. In November 2013, I was driving home from Wright-Patterson Air Force Base, and I was on the phone with our wing chaplain, David Least, and I told him, I'm in a dark place. At that time, I was severely burnt out. I was trying to balance my Air Force reserve duty as a chaplain and also a full-time senior pastor at St. Paul Community United Methodist Church in Madeira. I was overwhelmed on both fronts, folks. At the church, there was staff turmoil. There were deadlines at the Air Force Base. I kept being put on orders to do funeral services and take care of families because of a suicide and of other airmen that had a massive heart attack. I was completely spent. I wasn't taking care of myself. I was in severe depression and darkness. Here's the problem. I didn't say a word to anyone. That was the first time I had mentioned it to Chaplain Least. I was sitting in darkness, wounded, crept in a, a corner with these fresh wounds. I think back and I know for a fact that I did not seek the light of God daily that would lead me out of that darkness. I was trying to live life on Jonathan power, which doesn't last. <laughs> I remember being rock bottom in my career, rock bottom in my marriage, and rock bottom as a dad. A life of those fresh wounds, that gloom overwhelming me. Overwhelming me. Eventually, the bishop scheduled a time for me. And the first thing he asked me was, what's wrong, brother? That three-word question was like light coming into my life, breaking into my existence. I poured out my life to the bishop. I told him everything. I told him about my situation. He said, Jonathan, you're a wonderful pastor and we need to get you help. We need to lead you and help lead you out of this darkness to find your way again. He directed me to take a long paid leave of absence. As a matter of fact, it was four months, folks. I began personal and marriage Christian counseling. More and more as I journeyed in that, more and more light came into my darkness and I could see truth. I could see healing, and God was able to lead me out of that oppression. I want to tell you this morning, my friends, the promise of God, God's light can come into any circumstance. You're not alone. God's light is the light of the world, not just to some select people. God's light is the light of the world. And as far as I'm concerned, I, I know for a fact, you're a part of this world, aren't you? So you're a part and you have access to the light of God. And that light can shine healing upon you. You know a surgeon can't remove a tumor without light. God wants his light to come into your lives to help guide you out of the darkness, no matter what circumstance. 
One of the greatest country singers who ever lived was named Hank Williams. Hank Williams Sr. Hank struggled mightily with addiction to drugs and alcohol. He wrote a song. It was the first song that I... I wasn't a very good guitar player. It was a song called I Saw the Light. Just three chords, G-A-D, and I could play that. He wrote that because he realized that he had been living in spiritual darkness. And he met Jesus. Hank wrote in the second stanza, Just like a blind man, I wandered along. Worries and fears I claimed for my own. Then like a blind man that God gave back his sight, praise the Lord, I saw the light. God can help you get your sight back. Behind difficult circumstances, the light of Christ can help us to see fear, worry, confusion, hurt, pain. And even the lies that the world tells us and the lies that we tell ourselves. I think the longer we allow those things to gloom over us or hang over us, the easier it is to not see the truth about our reality when we are in pain and distress from our hurts, our habits, our hang-ups. Meaning our lives will continue to darken. Believe it or not, when I was at my lowest, I didn't turn to God. I hid in other things. I stayed angry. I stayed within the parameters of pity, which is not a good parameter. I self-medicated. I didn't practice the godly and spiritual disciplines to help sustain a thriving Christian life. I isolated myself in darkness. Folks, God's light wants to break in to your life this morning. Let's take a look at some scriptures to help light our way. Psalm 18.28 says, You, Lord, keep my lamp burning. My God turns my darkness into light. You have to keep the fuel of the fires burning. Just like those priests would dump that oil into those torches. God wants to dump daily oil into your existence to keep your lamp burning all the time. We have to be sustained by prayer and devotions and meeting with spiritual friends. That type of living. Micah 7, 8 says this, Do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. And like I said, the light can come into any circumstance. God helps us rise. To rise. God gives us victory over our enemies. And God can enter into any darkness and carry us through. The Rebels read some powerful scriptures. Scriptures that are important to remind us about the prophecy of Jesus Christ. Proclaiming Jesus is the source of light that can lead us out of the distress of darkness. Lead everyone out of the gloom. That The light of Christ can be like a counselor, a wonderful counselor. The light of Christ can be peace unto us. And God can lead us into a harvest of righteousness and joy. God can shatter the the yoke that burdens, that weighs us down like a crossbar over our shoulder or a rod of oppression. 
This scripture that they read this morning is a proclamation of a path to spiritual freedom through the ministry of the light of the world. Let me ask you a question. Do you ever feel like in your own life the power is out and you're just living a life within gloom and reoccurring darkness? Maybe you don't have a clue what your meaning and purpose is right now on a human journey. Maybe you're facing a very difficult decision in your life and you don't know which way to turn. Jesus Christ makes an unbelievable promise. But you need to believe it this morning with all of who you are. He said the moment that you come to him, you trust your life to him, and you let him become your light, you will never walk in darkness again. Never. The light of Christ will be beside you to light up your next step on that faithful journey beside him. His light will be there in your darkness. You know, the cool thing about bringing everything to God's light when we're in distress is that God brings in his light through the truth of his word and through the ministry or fire empowerment of the Holy Spirit. The Word and the Holy Spirit can help us see things as they are, my friends. And with God's help, move into a place of rescue, healing, clarity, and strength. We may also begin to see a pivot. In this dark world, if we who now live in the light will be able to share the light of God with others. And our testimony will be light beaming into the lives of others. And they see that. Two years after my difficult journey, I asked the bishop, I said, Bishop, can I talk to the other clergy, the other 1,100 clergy in our conference about self-care? Eventually that time came and they did a video and they showed the video to all of our clergy and I shared my journey. I told many of my colleagues, and some of them contacted me and said, Jonathan, thank you for being so transparent. I'm burnt out. Let's talk. You see, we must share the light so that others can have it. Let's look at our main scripture again. Jesus spoke again to the people. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The last part of this statement, of this great statement Jesus made, was to those who have become his followers. Those who have become light bearers. He says they will have the light of life. There's a beautiful word in that, and it's the word have. It's ours to behold. It's such a beautiful word in this context. Jesus was saying that not only do we have this light coming into us, but in a real sense, we become beacons of light ourselves that we can share with other people. This week I read a lot about light. And what really got my attention is when light, a light wave hits an object, it can do four different things. Light waves can be reflected off of light. Or an object. Uh, A wave can be absorbed into an object. The wave can be refracted through the object. Or the wave can just pass through the object without no effect. What are you going to do with this light 
that God gives you through Jesus Christ. Will you absorb that light and let it become a part of you and then reflect that light to others so they can experience the light, the divine light of Jesus Christ through your testimony? Or will you just let it pass through without any effect? The choice is up to you. You see, there's so many people that are living a life of frustration and desperation. They're trying to find their way in the darkness. And God chooses us to share his light, to share a light for them, to help them take one step. Jesus wants us to take light to people who are in dark, to show other people the way out. And because of that, we know we have a mission together of eternal significance. We need to make it a priority in our life to ask God to give us opportunities to spend time with people and cultivate those relationships with people who don't know God or, no pun intended, never darken the door of the church. You see, you can be that light. You can go to the darkness. You can get to know your neighbors. We have some, maybe have some neighbors over for dinner or, or invite a neighbor to watch a ball game or invite a person that doesn't have a church to come to church or invite a, a person that doesn't have a church to go play golf with you or play pickleball with you. Invite them to serve at our community dinners at our Salem campus. Invite them uh, to the Advent journey that we're experiencing right now. Invite them to the Christmas cantata or the Christmas Eve services. I do this, these, these ministries called Fresh Expressions in, in breweries and, and art studios and, and assisted living centers. And we take the light of Jesus Christ. And I preached this message yesterday at Little Miami Brewing Company. And you can invite people to a brewery or an art studio so that they can hear the truth of God. There might come a time when a person in this world points to you and say, that person really helped me because when I was in my darkest part of my life, they loved me enough to bring light into my world. Even if you shine the light so others see it, it doesn't do any good unless you show the light so that others can follow it. Acts 26, 18 is a powerful testimony of Paul. Paul says this about himself. He says, to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light, from, a, from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Jesus said this to Paul. This scripture became a part of his testimony. It became a part of his beacon of light in his ministry. And this scripture tells us, like Paul, that we can be utilized to help open people's eyes to the light of Christ and plug into God's power for light. Imagine that. Helping people take the power cord of their lives from being plugged into evil tendency or ways and come over and plug into the outlet of good. So that they can experience the energy of the light that comes from God. And they can live a life before God and receive forgiveness of their sins. And live a life out of bondage and walk in holiness as becoming a person of light. The people of God. 
We have this ministry that's been entrusted to us for that, my friends. All God asks of you and me to do in the darkened world is just show the light that's within us and talk about the light that has rescued us. How's your testimony? Is it ready? Is it ever present and before you to share with others? You need to remember, if you're a follower of Christ on an athletic team filled with those who are not Christ followers, you are light to that team. If you are a family who follows Christ in a predominantly non-following Christ neighborhood, you are light to that neighborhood. If you are the light of Christ and you're a professional in your office, in an office full of people who don't follow Christ, you are light to that office. And you can be light by simply saying a blessing before your meal at Bob Evans, or having a Bible on your desk, or offering to pray for someone who's having struggle. You are light to them in those ways. I think God hasn't called us to be the sun, meaning S-U-N or S-O-N, God's really, when, when, we, when we think about it, it's called us to be the moon. What does the moon do? The moon doesn't generate any light. Apart from the sun, the moon is nothing more than a, a pitch black rock full of craters and, and holes. But let that moon get properly positioned To the sun, the moon will shine and glow all night long. That's all God wants us to do, is to simply let our light shine. Let the sun shine and show the world living in darkness. Folks, Jesus is the light of the world. He wants to use his followers to light up the darkness for others. That they can give people hope. It can give people the light of life. To help people leave their darkness and come to the light. I want to pray a prayer. And it's a prayer about coming out of the darkness and living in the light. And I'd love for you to join me in this prayer. I'll lead you in it. And then we'll move toward a time of communion. Let's pray. Jesus, you outshine all other lights. We are so grateful to live in the light of your love. God, we thank you for shining on us. For showing us what it means to be a light. And what it means to love. You willingly let your body be broken for us. And you called it a joy. You invite us to step out of the darkness of our brokenness and into your light. And when we accept your invitation, you promise that you'll be our everlasting light. And our days of sorrow will end. God, all glory belongs to you, Lord. All glory belongs to you. Amen.